0: To the I'm Moving to Italy podcast. This is Nathan Heinrich, and I would like to welcome you to a special Tuscany recap. And we've been talking about this trip that Veta and I shared in Tuscany, of course, along with Alessandro and Luca, and even some other listeners, Joni and Anthony from Washington State. Now, Veta and I wanted to share this entire episode with you, but Veta and I had to sort of cut our recording short. Just about, unfortunately, when things start getting really good and we're laughing and having this great time, Veta and I are going to sort of break away, but then I'm gonna come back by myself and I will complete the story with you. Now, it won't be quite as fun doing it without Veta and sort of bouncing back and forth and talking about it, but I'll do my best to make it as entertaining as possible. Let's get into our discussion and our reminiscing of this fantastic visit with Vera to Tuscany. Ciao, Vera.
1: Ciao, Nathan. But you're not here in Tuscany with me anymore.
0: I know, but we're going to relive it right now together. And it'll sort of feel like we're back together. We're going to literally go moment by moment about our time together on this trip. And we're going to be sharing some surrounding sounds from our time in Tuscany with you and Luca. And I'm also going to give a confession of something that I did that really was not very good. It was a major faux pas, something that I did while I was with Veta. So we'll we'll get into that as well.
1: Do I know what you did?
0: You do, but I don't think you realize how bad it was. All
1: right, I'm We'll curious.
0: get. There. I know we'll get to it, starting at the beginning. We've been talking about coming to Tuscany for so long. And I just kind of assumed that we would put something on the calendar and then we'd have months to look forward to it.
1: Mm-hmm. Correct. But. Literally this trip
0: got planned like the week before we came.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: it did. And I kind of love that actually, because I didn't overthink it. We didn't over plan it. And really, we just sort of went with it, and it ended up being just so great because everything we did was so completely unplanned. I mean, I think maybe the only thing we planned, well, maybe you and Luca planned it, was reservation the first night at dinner, right?
1: Yeah, we wanted to take you and Alessandro to that restaurant because it's our favorite restaurant in town and in the area, I would say. So, yeah, that was you know, part, the only thing we sort of planned, the only thing we knew we wanted to do.
0: Exactly. And that was amazing, by the way. We knew that some of our mutual friends and one of your fellow students, who I'm in a group class with, Joni, and her husband, Anthony, were going to be coming as well. And Joni asked me, you know, are you going to be able to be in Tuscany? And I'm like, probably not. You know, I'm busy and probably not going to have time. And then i was like why don't we just go to tuscany like why not and then we can see joni and anthony while we're there we can spend a day or two with just luca and vera on our own i ran it by alessandro
1: and i was like why don't we just go to tuscany let me get one thing straight right now i've been begging you to come to tuscany for more over a year now and then joni asks you once and you pack and come here?
0: Yeah, that's what I was waiting for. Waiting for an invitation from Joni. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? Listen, I think maybe I just got worn down. Okay, so, you know, Harrison went and met you in Tuscany, and I was overwhelmed with jealousy and envy and FOMO from that. And then Shelly came to Tuscany, and she was there, and you guys were FaceTiming me, and I wasn't there. And I think what was happening is I was just imagining you and Joni and Anthony and Luca all together having this fabulous time at Tuscany. I just couldn't take it. I couldn't take it again. I think that's what it was. (laughs) That look on your face kind of told me, oh my gosh, how am I going to fit this in?
1: (laughs) No, no, no. Because, you know, most of my students have weekly sessions, okay? Okay and you told me probably less than a week before or just right about a week and so my mind was okay i need to contact everyone and tell them i'm not available because nathan is here and i'll just be with nathan the whole time no classes no lesson i don't care Okay, we're skipping next week so that's what was going in my mind i'm like okay i can text that student and i can send an email to the other student and i was just planning my whole week and maybe you know there was a student that had a test coming up so i was like okay we can have an extra session this week so i'll be free next week so that was just him because i wanted to be 100 work free just to be with you and alessandro
0: well you were very work free and you were the most accommodating gracious hosts I'm so out of practice, to be honest with you, about visiting people and living in Italy. I have kind of gotten out of the habit of being a guest. And I have this feeling of, oh, God, I don't want to put someone out. I don't want to put someone out, you know. So I had to get over that because it was you. And when you live in Italy, even if you're a driver, like a lifetime driver, and then You come to Italy and all of a sudden you'd think that Italy was like the size of the United States or bigger because even a trip 30 minutes away or an hour away is turned into this huge, massive thing in your mind, right?
1: That's just how we feel about traveling. I think we talked about this in one of the earliest episodes here in the podcast. We always live close to our family. We move very, very rarely. And if we do, it's still in the same area, in the same region. So we are just not used to it, okay? We just don't travel, everything is far. And I think there's also another reason because we've been talking about Italian regions. We've done a lot of regions already. And every time I tell you, oh, this is amazing, you have lakes, you have rivers, you have hills, mountains, the sea, So we don't need to drive that far to find amazing spots. Basically, that's it.
0: So we pack up our bags and we get in the car. We were wanting to get on the road by like 11 o'clock. I don't think we got on the road until 1 o'clock in the afternoon or something like that. It was really late. We hadn't even had lunch yet. And then we hit traffic.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Quite a bit of traffic, actually. I was expecting... For some reason, I had in my mind this number, three and a half hours, because when you came here and you left after having lunch here and you drove, you text me three and a half hours later and you're like,
1: we're home. Yeah, because we are Italian. We drive faster. (laughs) (laughs) No, just kidding. We were actually lucky because we didn't hit traffic coming back, but the drive from Tuscany all the way to Udine, because we went to Udine first. We were stuck in a bad traffic jam around Bologna, Mm -hmm. and then again further up. So, yeah, it was kind of a five and a half hour where it should have been four, four and a half. That's basically exactly what happened to us. It was
0: five and a half hours on top of having to stop several times at Aldo Grill's It felt like it took us forever to get there. We hit traffic, really bad traffic, three different times. Anyway, no big deal. It took us five and a half hours to get there. And then we arrive in Tuscany and it was after dark. I think I asked you that, like, where should we stay? And you told me here on a map is our house and you should stay probably somewhere near here. If you stay in this
1: town, Town of Castelnuovo Berardenga.
0: Exactly. So you told us that we should probably stay around there somewhere because there were Airbnbs there. And so, perfect. So Alessandro and I went online. I found all these Airbnbs. I had selected, I don't know, four or five that we could choose from. And then we found this one that looked really cute and like, look, just book it. I mean, it was fairly highly rated, but we didn't read any of the description of the property. We just booked it based on what we saw. So we get there. And I think I text you when we arrived, like, okay, we just got here. We're parked in this free parking across the street from the town. And we've got all of our bags that we're just going to carry across the street. And I'm sure that somewhere right here is the place. We had to go through this sort of little maze downtown. And we walked past I think three or four times walked past the door because we couldn't find it. And then finally we find this door that is open. And the reason we couldn't find it because the door was wide open and we weren't expecting a door that was wide open to be to our, our Airbnb. So we finally like look and okay, there on the side of the, of the wall of the building is the number 22 that we were looking for and there's all these stairs going up. So we see these stairs, okay, so we haul our bags and we haul our bags up the first flight of stairs. And I'm looking around and none of the doors and all of a sudden there's a little mat with a cat's face on the mat in front of the door. And there's all these doors and all these stairs and the stairs get narrower and narrower. And it was like, we just kept climbing stairs. It was just like one set of stairs after another, after another. The stairs weren't a problem, they were really narrow stairs and we were carrying all of our bags but the stairs just kept going and going and going until finally we got to the very top floor of the building and there is this tiny, around the little corner after all these hallways and passageways and stairways, there was the mat that had the cat's face on it and we walk into this little apartment and super cute but the tiniest thing in the world. There was no balcony. Alessandro really likes a balcony because sometimes he likes to have a cigarette and he likes to have a balcony to go out onto a cigarette. So we walk in. There's no balcony. He's already right off the bat. He's not happy. He's not happy because he doesn't like stairs. He likes elevators. He always takes the elevator up in our building and I always take the stairs. So there is no elevator. He's carrying all of his bags and there's no balcony. So he's already kind of irritated by this and i'm just kind of like oh this is cute and then in the living room there's this thing that i'd never seen before where like the kitchen is up these little spiraled stairs and it's like kind of perched up overlooking the living room this little tiny half half kitchen we didn't even cook in it so it was fine but and then we walk into the other room and the bed was kind of tiny and there's a little window and one side of the bed is up against the wall and then up a around more set of stairs around a corner It's the bathroom and still no balcony out there either so after all this time that we've wasted and we, we've only got some of our bags with us and i had to go back to the car and get the rest of the bags we made several chips through this maze of stairs and passageways finally we get settled in and i look at my watch and i realize Veta and luca are arriving in 10 minutes and alessandro had not taken his shower and he does not, one thing he doesn't like at all is to be rushed. (laughs) I'm thinking to myself, oh no, he's calm. He's just taking a breath. He's gonna go out and have a cigarette. I said, you know what? I know you don't have a balcony, but let's, and I don't, by the way, I do not like the fact that he smokes. He stopped smoking. But he started smoking again. Anyway, that's a whole other thing. That's a whole other Italian thing. We want to get into that right now. But anyway, I was like, here, listen. I know you probably need a cigarette right now. Here's a window. Open the window. Here's a little ashtray for your cigarette. And just stand here by the window. You don't have to go back down all those stairs. Have your cigarette. Calm down a little bit. Have a, Just take a moment. And after he had his cigarette, he goes, OK. I will take a shower, then we will go to dinner and have a wonderful time. When will Vera and Luca be here? I said, uh, they're coming in seven minutes.
1: (laughs) Okay, this is on us. We thought you were coming earlier, of course. We didn't know about traffic, and we thought you would leave a little bit earlier in the morning. But Luca and I started this thing a few years ago to avoid crowds especially italian crowds at restaurants okay because italians especially in the center they eat a little bit later and in the south even later than that so usually we book around 8 instead of 8 30 or 9 p.m so that we are the the first ones there i mean we don't have many italians or especially in the summer or you know in the tourist season there are only people from other parts of the world. And even if it is crowded, restaurant is crowded, but if you don't understand what people are saying at the other tables, you can be like sort of in your bubble. But if it's your own language, I mean, even if somebody speaks English at the table next to me, I do understand English, of course, but I need to sort of pay attention to it, to listen, okay? While with your native language, even if you try not to, the words just pierce your ear and get into your brain. So that's why we usually go a little bit earlier to beat all the Italians. And now it has become a habit to us and everybody knows it. So we just go, okay, yeah, we're looking we go to dinner at eight. And so I just booked for eight o'clock, forgetting that, well, of course, you're an American, you don't care, you could have dinner at 6.30, but... <laughs> Alessandro, Alessandrito, and I wanted to make a great, good impression with him, is actually from Naples. So he would have probably booked a table for nine and getting there at 9.30. And then, you know, a fashionable 15 minutes, late 30. So he would probably start a dinner at a quarter to 10. Am I correct?
0: Okay, Just to be really clear, absolutely nothing about this scenario was your fault. Luca's fault or Alessandro's fault. The entire fault was mine because I did a terrible job. I was the driver, but I should have done a much better job of letting you know where we were, how late we were. I was just not doing a very good job of texting. And then all of a sudden, when we get into the village, another thing that happened was before we got signed into the Wi-Fi, which was the last thing that I did, I didn't even have service my cell phone was not working so even when i was trying to text you my phone wasn't working properly my messages were not going through they kept not being sent maybe it was nobody's fault maybe it was all my fault it doesn't matter eight o'clock for me is you're right is absolutely fine for dinner yes you're also right alessandra would have been very happy to go at 8 30 or 9 but you know what We were kind of planning to do an appetitivo at the restaurant with you. Anyway, the point is there's no complaints. And by the way, I was like ready to see you. I was like, we're in, we are here. We're five minutes from their house. We're in this little village. We're checked in. We finally made it. I had already taken a shower that morning. I was dressed already. It takes me no time. I do not spend a lot of time in the bathroom. It takes literally 30 seconds to do my hair. And I spray on some cologne, if I remember, and maybe a little moisturizer. It literally takes me a minute or two to get out of the bathroom to be ready. And Alessandro is not the same way. He likes to take his his nice, leisurely time. I was ready to meet you guys. So that's exactly what happened. I said, no, Alessandro... (laughs) You need to take as much time as you need. I'm going to meet up with Veda and Luca. We'll have an aperitivo together. We'll start having a drink and then just come and join us. It's right. The restaurant is like right here. Veta said it's a one minute walk from our Airbnb. So we'll just meet you when you just text me when you're ready. I got him signed into the Wi-Fi. I got the Wi-Fi on his phone so that he had a Wi-Fi connection, so I knew his phone would work when he was ready. He calms down. Alessandro's a very calm person normally, but he doesn't like to be rushed. And so I'm the one that set up up the scenario where he was feeling rushed. So he felt calm again. (laughs) And then I walked down the maze of passageways and stairs out onto the main little tiny street, and then I turned to my left, and there... I see Vera and Luca all dressed up walking towards me. And I was like, oh my gosh, you're here. <laughs> Yay.
1: You were there, wandering through the streets of Castelnuovo Nuevo Benardenga. and yeah, Luca spotted you actually, they said, that's Nathan.
0: We do the hugs and everything. And then of course you guys are like, where's Alessandro? It's like, oh, he just needs a minute. <laughs> He's all stressed out because I told him you guys were like coming right now. He's going to take a shower. He's going to join us. And I was, that was stressing me out. I like to think of myself as this really calm person, but I think I stress more than I even realize that I stress.
1: Mm -hmm. I think so too. And you're not used to traveling. So you know what you should do? travel more often and come to Tuscany again
0: that's exactly what we need to do that's the cure for everything isn't it at a Tuscany. Mm-hmm.
1: Tuscany you just come here so at that point we walked with you and I showed you my little town well I mean not exactly the tiny tiny village where I used to live you know but the town closest to that uh where I do my grocery shopping where I have coffee every day and go to the post office and the tabacaria, and everything else so my little village so we showed you uh where luca works where i worked before and basically everything did you like it i did
0: and it was absolutely not what i was expecting it was i don't even know what i was expecting you just You know how you build up pictures in your mind of what something's gonna look like, gonna be like? You don't even realize you're doing it, but your mind automatically conjures an image of what it will look like. I guess all I can say is that it was a thousand times cuter and more charming than I ever imagined it would be. Even now, even though I've lived in Italy for three years now almost, it's almost like Italy is a set. To a movie. It's almost like it's too perfect for words, too quaint, too charming for words. And we're like walking around this town, and there's this perfect little church. And then when I say a little church, I mean a church that was like a gorgeous, like mini cathedral with these beautiful giant pillars holding up the facade of the church. Then we walk to a little park nearby and we walk past the restaurant. And the restaurant looked so cute. And then we're walking through this little park with, I think, maybe a World War II memorial or something. And, and then Vera sees recognizes one of her friends that she used, one of her former co-workers she used to work with at the castle. Camellia, mm-hmm. right?
1: Yeah, bravo. You remember that.
0: Well, I mean, she has the name of a plant, a flower, so it was easy <laughs> for me to remember <laughs> And so anyway, you start talking, to you and Luca start talking to her because, of course, we're just kind of killing time waiting for Alessandra to join us. And so you guys had a nice conversation with her. So you're talking back and forth and I'm listening to to, to her talking in Italian to you and you're talking. She's got this interesting accent. She starts talking to me because you guys told her who I was. And then she immediately switches into this perfect English. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, like, how are you able to speak such perfect English And then Veta tells me, well, she's not even Italian. She's Romanian. And she's got this perfect Italian with a perfect Tuscan accent, a perfect, like, American English accent. And, of course, she probably speaks three other languages, too, because that's what everybody around here does. She was so sweet. And we had a lovely conversation. And then we started walking back to the restaurant. Still no sign of Alessandro. And I was like, Let's go in and sit down when he texts me. Like, let's just give him all the time he needs. Let's just go sit down in this restaurant. I'm ready to sit down and have a glass of wine with you. So, we decided
1: to go inside. So, we sat down and we didn't even start drinking. We chatted a little bit and maybe I ordered an aperitivo, but the notification, Alessandro was ready. And so, I said, I'm going there. I'm going to pick him up right? Because I wanted to meet him. I couldn't wait anymore. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I was happy to see you, but Alessandro was the big star of, you know, this getaway everybody wanted to know about him. Even my students and some of the listeners who contacted me in the previous days, they were like, oh, I can't wait to hear everything about Alessandro. <laughs>
0: <laughs> He's far more interesting than I am. That is so true. <laughs>
1: no, but we know you already. He was the mysterious little Italian in your life.
0: (laughs) Yep. So Luca and I were in the middle of a nice deep conversation about politics because him and I both love to talk politics and he's such a great conversationalist. And the good thing is he's willing to go back and forth in in Italian and English. And so mostly he speaks in English, but sometimes we speak back and forth in Italian too, which is lovely. And so off you go to meet Alessandro, which I thought that's so perfect just him and veda and they'll walk back together that'll be so perfect
1: he was walking from number 22 so your door the door to your apartment up towards the cafe towards the right direction and of course there was no one around so that had to be alessandro even in the dark even from far away and we hugged <laughs> and we did the three italian kisses and and just me chatted a little bit but it was all very natural
0: and we just walked to the restaurant back to you it took you a while to get back and i look out the window and i see that you guys are standing out in front of the restaurant and alessandro's having another cigarette and Vetta's even having a cigarette with him two naughty little italians out there talking away and laughing and i was like oh that's so nice two of my favorite people in the world standing outside a restaurant in tuscany i'm sitting inside with one of my favorite people luca we were going to have the most wonderful dinner together we had been served like a little aperitivo and luca and i are drinking this little i think it was a vermouth
1: yes it was a tuscan vermouth which is vermute they kind of pretended it was a Tuscan ward. Anyway, yes, it was a vermouth.
0: I'm like sipping this vermouth, which is something I never even tasted before unless it was like mixed into another drink. And then Alessandra comes in with you eventually. We all sit down together and so began one of the most glorious dinners of my entire life.
1: <laughs> Did you really like it?
0: I'm telling you, Vera, it was fabulous. Okay, you and I have just had this conversation before About In fact, just recently, we were talking about one of the things that I think that Italian restaurants, not all, but many Italian restaurants get wrong. They get everything right, but one thing, and that's lighting. And lighting is one of the most make or break things for me in any environment, but especially at a dinner. And so the lighting at this restaurant was very good. So that was already... One of the best things right out of the gate. I love the decor. I love the art. (laughs) Talk about the art, (laughs) but it was great art, great decor, and great lighting.
1: Tell us about the restaurant, Dada. Okay, so this restaurant is like in the city. It's kind of newish. I think it opened four years ago, and then two years ago, right after COVID this chef that i knew very well from another restaurant and was already my favorite chef decided to become a partner of this restaurant in Castanova. so basically it moved closer to me and i said oh this is perfect so that's when i started going there the restaurant is called antonimax it used to be called anonimax so sort of like anonymous something um but then the chef came and The restaurant changed its name because the chef is Antonio and the owner is Max. So I'm Tony, Max, It's like a fun. And well, I love the place. I love both of them. I love the food. It's just the best. I love the vibe. The atmosphere is very quiet. I mean, for Italy, it's kind of quiet, not too big. It's just my favorite restaurant because you want, you know, dim lights and I want silence. So... I can understand you anyway this is like the best restaurant and we needed to go there because both the chef and the owner are from naples
0: which i find to be so amazing because you don't even really like southern food you've never even been to naples uh, alessandra wants to change that by the way but that's a whole nother topic <laughs> but I thought that was so so special because Alessandro, as we all know, is such a huge fan of Naples, and you chose a restaurant. I, I think you chose the restaurant because you like it, but I think you also chose the restaurant because you knew Alessandro would love the fact that two people, two guys from Naples, owned it.
1: Yeah. Well, in fact, the food there is Tuscan food, Okay. not traditional because it's not a trattoria, it's not an osteria. It's kind of a fancier restaurant, but still the, the dishes and all the recipes they make there, they are traditional Tuscan food in a sort of revisited way. Antonimax, Max, Chianti's soul kitchen. Anyway, even if they are from Naples, they didn't come here together. I mean, Max has been living here for 30 years, maybe 40. He came here when he was a child uh, while Antonio moved here, I don't know, maybe 10, 15 years ago. So and they became friends here. Anyway, the fact that they were from Naples was just a plus. But did you like the food? Oh, I mean, the food was
0: fantastic. I know the food is always going to be amazing at an Italian restaurant. This food was like amazing times 10 and probably because they're from Naples, they happened to just happen to have Alessandro's favorite wine. They had a bottle of his favorite wine which is from Naples called Falangina. So he sees that on the menu. And of course, Vera and Luca are very, they're very good Italians. They're very good Northern Italians, Tuscan Italians, and they pair their food very elegantly with their wine. Alessandro, being the typical Southern Italian that he is, he doesn't care what he's eating if he sees his favorite wine on the menu he's gonna order a bottle of it and that's exactly what he did and i don't even know that it paired with what he ordered because i think he ordered what i don't even remember what he ordered i don't even remember what i ate oh yes i do
1: of course i do of course you okay. do come on
0: i'm gonna let you talk about the food because you do a better job talking about food than i do better
1: okay so now the italian start i'll try to be very quick so we all ha- usually we don't do the whole thing because it's too much, you know, antipasto and then primo and then secondo and then dessert. It's just too much, at least for us, and you agreed. So basically, we all had two courses. I had like an antipasto and um secondo. Someone had an antipasto and a primo or a primo and a secondo, something like that. And so we had um an amazing tartare and Alessandro had some cauliflower, some, but of course, if you just say cauliflower, it's, oh, you know, nothing special, but it was so special with a sauce on top and all the decorations, even edible flowers on top. And I had a typical Tuscan pate, liver pate. And then we had, oh, filet, filet, because meat and steak in Tuscany are just amazing. So, uh, and actually it was not on the menu, but we were there the week before, because, you know, it was kind of a busy time of the year now. We were there like one week before with Luca's sister and like three weeks before with other friends. So Luca said, I really want food. Can you just add that to the menu for me? So we had this special thing that was not on the menu, but of course we know the chef, so we can do that. And Alessandro had some packery pasta, filled packery, and I had uh oh cheek, yeah, I had veal cheek, yeah, anyway, a very you know, stewed, long stewed meat, delicious, and then we had dessert, and then we had well, red wine, of course, and then some cognac,
0: exactly, cognac,
1: and finally, coffee because we don't get coffee together with dessert, but afterwards,
0: that we had so much bread <laughs> for no. some reason. We didn't, we didn't they keep bringing bread in these tiny little baskets and then we would eat all the bread and they'd bring more and we would eat more bread and they would bring more.
1: Yeah, but this is what happens in restaurants. We didn't have a lot of bread or some, it was very good bread, first of all. It's homemade in the restaurant. There were tiny, tiny slices of focaccia bread and a sort of sourdough bread, maybe, or just you know, real, real bread, fresh bread. So it was very good. And it's tiny. Every time they bring your basket, it's like three or four because they keep it warm. So that's why they don't bring a big basket. And we were drinking. We were drinking vermouth. We were drinking wine, waiting between you know one dish and the other. And then, for example, my pate needed bread and also broccoli. So it, it's just normal. It's just something that we do. And then they bring bread again. You don't need to feel guilty. Oh.
0: I was not feeling even the slightest bit of guilt, but the food was fabulous. The filet, I was like, of course, we're going to order the filet because that's exactly what, like you said, Luca asked for it to be on the menu. Anyway, it was this incredible meal that lasted for hours. And the thing I love about Italian meals in Italy at restaurants is you eat very slowly in small portions, but you take so much time to eat and drink that you're not you're never drunk no matter how much wine you'll never get drunk but you're so satisfied and it was so lovely it was just it was just
1: absolutely the best experience and i don't even think we had dessert i did i always have dessert i had this like chocolate for different kind of chocolate cakes and mousse and it was different preparation like for chocolate And, well, Luca had cognac, because he always had that. You know why you don't remember anything, dear Nathan? Because you were talking with Luca. You were discussing politics the whole time. And, you know, I started chatting with Alessandra, no problem, but at one point we thought that maybe we could be together as a group, but no, on one side you had Nathan and Luca sitting one in front of the other, and not even turning their head towards us, And the two Italians here, you know, chatting and it was perfectly fine. But, you know, like, hi, honey, can I taste? No, no, they were talking the whole time. So at one point, (laughs) Alessandra and I moved our table because it was a table for four, but it was two smaller tables. So at one point, Alessandra and I moved our tables a little bit to the left because we're like, yeah, we're not here together anyway. And
0: (laughs) (laughs) that was hilarious. You're right. We were. Luca and I were on a roll. We were having the best conversation, and we were getting so into it. And I don't. I think I had eaten enough bread that I didn't feel the need to have a dessert. And Luca was like, "Well, how about some cognac?" And I was like, "I never have cognac, but why not?" So then I sipped some cognac out of these fab one of those fabulous snifter glasses. And it was just one of those nights that just everything is warm, delicious, and beautiful. And it was just fabulous. And we eventually did all start talking to each other again. We stopped talking politics, and we all talked (laughs) together. And then we started noticing the art on the walls. And then we just lost it. We started behaving like kids. Because one of the pieces of art, the one that was just up over Luca and I's head, was like this: the, the backside of this naked woman and there were these two old men in the painting too and you could see right through the the woman's thighs and see out through her thighs out to this view <laughs> and i remember asking veda Vetta, what is the italian word what's the italian term for a thigh gap <laughs>
1: And I was like, we don't have a word for that because we eat too much bread, so we don't have a thigh gap. <laughs> well,
0: most Americans don't have thigh gaps either. So we were just being so goofy and laughing, and we finally left the restaurant, and we had a nice conversation with the with the the owners. And it was Alessandro, t- you know, was talking to them, and it turns out one of them was from the same neighborhood that he was from in in Naples. And it was just such a lovely evening. And then we decided, let's show you our cute little apartments.
1: I think it's cute. I loved it. Now, actually, I'm really glad you took us there because I know Castanobo. I know I knew exactly where number 22 was, but I had no idea there was an Airbnb there. And most importantly, I thought that, you know, you open the door and there is a flight of stairs and then some apartments, like normal house. But instead, this stairs that Nathan was describing earlier, it was like one flight of stairs and then a narrow corridor going all the way to the left and then another one going all the way to the right. So basically, we were changing buildings. It was not the same building we got in from. It was a separate building on the back. And from your windows, you had spectacular views on the roofs on one side and on the church on the other side and that was just so beautiful and a view that I had never seen because it was like an on the roof inside other house it was like a building hidden behind other buildings so I had no idea it was there and that is a new because I saw the pictures online on Airbnb and I could tell it was small cute. I mean, I loved it, but I was like, okay, you're just staying here a few days and it's on a long vacation and they're not going to cook there. So where's the problem? I thought you picked a small place with no balcony. Have you seen any picture of a balcony? No. So that is on you because you booked it at the very last possible minute as usual, right? And so we're like, oh, yeah, I like this one book, but it was cute. It was the cutest. Mm -hmm. A little bit tiny, but very, very cute. But the cutest thing is the surprises you brought for us, you didn't have. So Nathan had this huge cassetta. so like a case, a wooden case, filled with Prosecco wine for us. And, and plate, for me especially. And then he was like, oh, I'm so glad it's still December 1st, so I really need to get this surprise going on for you. But it was almost midnight, so it was almost December 2nd. But you told me, no, we had to do this December 1st because it's good luck. It's a tradition I have. And I still believe you when you say those sort of things. But it was just an idea you had the same day, probably. I don't know. (laughs) Is it a tradition, really? no
0: it's a tradition like it's a absolutely a tradition that you do this and we even talked about this in one of the podcast episodes and you were like what is it And i was like i can't tell you till i see you it was it's something so little you are the person who who turned it into this thing like it was going to be this big ceremony it wasn't a big ceremony
1: no it was a big ceremony and i loved it it was the cutest advent calendar Mm -hmm. And we had to open number one together, so that's why we had to do it before midnight. Now, I was wondering if that was really a tradition of yours, because when you open your little window with number one and there was a chocolate inside, you were like, ah, what is that? But so you never open an advent calendar in your life, have you? Vera, excuse me. (laughs) I was
0: raised opening advent calendars. And the whole point is, if you open an Advent calendar together on the first day of December, then it's supposed to bring you good luck. Everybody that's there that opens it together with you. And by the way, you all open it a little tiny bit. So everybody has to open it just a little bit. So one person opens one corner, another person opens another corner, and you slowly get the little door open. I had just never opened one in Italy that had candies inside. The ones that I'm used to are very boring from the United States, and they're just... (laughs) They're just paper made out of like paper and then you open them and behind it is just a little message or a little picture or something anyway so what i did make up as i was going was a few other <laughs> traditions i started tacking on new traditions <laughs> i had brought you and luca some pistachios from california i said oh you have to have pistachios as well while you open the advent calendar you have to eat pistachios together so then we started eating pistachios together and then we opened a bottle of prosecco that we had brought a separate bottle that we had brought i'm like you have to do you have to do the advent calendar then you have to do prosecco and then you have to do then you have to do the, the pistachios and then
1: what else Vera? did i make up something did i add something else well at that point there was the candy there was a chocolate inside the advent calendar so you said we have to break it down and eat one piece but it was so tiny and then you broke it and we couldn't find the pieces and okay now you just said that <laughs> we don't get drunk because we eat and we take a long time you know eating and having dinner but we were all a little bit tipsy let's say a little bit happier and funnier so there's one thing that you need to know, dear listeners, that you need to know about Nathan, that you can't say no. He's so stubborn. At one point he decides, okay, you have to do this. Now you have to do it. Now we have to open the advent calendar one piece at a time. And he was so excited and moving from one side of the room to the other, which is like half a step, but still. And then you had Alessandro sitting on a chair, like his arms folded, looking at Nathan, so peacefully and then sometimes it grabbed a pistachio. <laughs> now I know we are laughing, probably it's not that funny. It was probably because of the Falangina and the nobile, Di Mo- nobile wine that we drank and the cognac and the vermouth, but it was so funny anyway. But just know that if Nathan decides we have to do something, we have to do it.
0: Okay, so now listen, you're making it sound like I'm some sort of a pusher and i'm some sort of a a tyrant but you're right i probably was tired and then dehydrated and then i rehydrated with alcohol and i was probably tipsier than i thought i would was because we were on our third bottle of wine not counting the cognac and the vermouth that we had before dinner i guess it's a lot of different things we had i guess i didn't do the math until just now anyway but it was over the course of like four or five hours. So here we all are, and I'm making up on the fly, I'm making up new traditions for us. Because where I was in my head was, I wonder how many traditions I can make up until they tell me, come on, Nathan, this is a joke. This can't really be a tradition. I was completely out of control, I'm aware. But we were laughing so hard. And then Veda and Luca brought, Why are you laughing? (laughs) Because I just remembered something else.
1: Oh, the fruitcake. Yeah, we had the (laughs) fruitcake.
0: So so we had the fruitcake. Veta brought this fabulous little round cake that she had got at her local bakery that was so delicious. And I'd never seen one of these before because it's what traditional from Tuscany or what?
1: Yeah, from Siena especially, but from Tuscan in general for Christmas. It's called Panforte.
0: Exactly. And I was completely out of my mind. And I was like, oh, this cake is called a Magi. I was like, oh, my gosh, it's named after the wise men. <laughs> but the name on the, the Magi or Magi or Magi or whatever is the name of the of the bakery. And, and then I was like, oh, well, <laughs> we all have to have a piece of this cake now, too. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that was a new tradition, but I don't like it, and I didn't want it because you know we had been eating for four hours at that point. But he was like, "No, you have to have a slice of fruitcake. You have to have it." Like, no, Nathan, I don't feel like having it right now. And he was like, "You have to lick it, lick it." <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> it was
0: like one o'clock in the morning and i'm yelling at poor
1: veda you have to at least lick it <laughs> oh <my God. clears throat> obviously i did lick it because you cannot say no to me <laughs> so. so
0: Veta did lick it so then she licks it and we all start laughing even harder because we've got her to do it and anyway so finally Veta and luca i walk back down with them i don't remember if alessandra walked back down or not but anyway We walked back down with them, said goodnight, and then came back upstairs to our cute, tiny little place that I loved. And by the way, slept like a rock and woke up the next morning to, you're right, Vada, the view was wonderful. I didn't get to see the view the night before because it was so dark. The windows were closed and the shutters were closed. But the next morning I hear these bells and I got up before Alessandro and I opened this window and there is this gorgeous tile roof looking out and there's the church and the bells are ringing and the tile roof was covered in little clumps of green moss and lichens and it was clearly an ancient roof that had been there for probably hundreds and hundreds of years and it was gorgeous then i look out the other window and we have another gorgeous view and so i'm some of you might even have seen i posted on my instagram uh, an instagram story about that anyway i got dressed and ran down, and I think met you and Luca at the little bar, right, for a cafe?
1: Yeah, we met there because it's the best cappuccino in town. And, you know, Luca is very particular about his cappuccino, so we wanted you to try that. The man working there, the owner of the bar, is Salvatore. Mm -hmm. It's sort of a friend now because we've been going there for the past 15 years. And we had a coffee there, and then it was just... You know, no plans at all, because I like to be relaxed, because you never know how you sleep, how you wake up, what you feel like doing. So we drove you around a little bit of my Tuscany with some, yeah, we picked some special places that are special to us in the country, just to show you Tuscany, which is very iconic, but not very touristy, so not the big cities, but just the area around. So vineyards, cypress trees, and gravel roads and just Tuscany Tuscany
0: the whole time that we were on this trip Veda is doing this thing like with her hands like she's like you know mesmerizing us or hypnotizing us Tuscany Tuscany like trying to pull us towards Tuscany which you know like I said it's not very hard to try to convince anybody to come to Tuscany because it is so gorgeous you're right by the way, that was the best cappuccino I've ever had in my entire life. And Luca's right. Luca has very high standards for cappuccinos because he likes them a certain way where the foam, bubbles of the foam have to be so thick that if you were to pour sugar on the foam, the sugar would literally be held up by the foam instead of falling through it into the liquid below. And I've never seen a frothier, thicker more fabulous cappuccino in my life than the one salvatore made so obviously i can see why when luca was here he was less than impressed by the veneto Conigliano cappuccinos because they just weren't up to his standards
1: no i mean it's not conagliano it's just that it's very difficult to make luca happy with a cappuccino so that's on him that first morning we're at the coffee shop at the bar
0: and I'm inside looking out the window and I realize oh my gosh it's hailing outside there was this storm that had blown through and the wind was really blowing and all of a sudden it looked like it was raining and I go look at the window and it's actually hail coming down and it was really a cold, cold, strong wind. The sky had these fabulous puffy clouds and this very blue sky. And it was just, it was so gorgeous. So, as we're driving around Tuscany, we're going down these beautiful gravel roads that are lined with cypress, very iconic and typical of Tuscany, but none that like I'd never seen any like this before. And we get to the top of this one and we're driving around in Luca's car and we get, we get, we get out and Veta pulls out this picture and she goes, Look at this was our wedding picture from like 13 years ago. And it sure enough was this gorgeous picture of Veta and Luca next to this beautiful like turquoise colored convertible car and Veta's in this gorgeous wedding gown and luca's in this beautiful suit they were right at the top at the exact same spot where we were parked right at that moment we're looking out down this hill lined with cypress streets and i'm looking at the same picture of the same view 13 years earlier Veta and luca and it just was like all of a sudden it just dawned on me like oh my gosh like this has been their home since they've been married and it just made it even all the more special so we just drove around we got stuck once on a road luca had to get out and take down the electric fence to block the the wild boars because we didn't want to back all the way up this road and the wind was blowing like crazy and we're driving around we're starting to get hungry believe it or not even though we had that wonderful meal dinner the night before i don't know it's like around two o'clock or three o'clock in the afternoon And we start trying to figure out, like, what are we going to have for lunch? Surely there's got to be a place around here for lunch. And while we're thinking about lunch, we just happened to be at a little village that I wanted to take us to
1: to walk around. And what was the name of the village, Vera? So the village is Sanguzme. Sanguzme is a fortified village. So it has walls all around it, ramparts with the most spectacular view on vineyards and Siena in the background. And it is like magic. It's like a little ancient medieval castle itself. And it was all decorated for Christmas, of course. And it was so cute. There were there were even clothesline with Siena's pants and underwear hanging, you know, like the Italian clotheslines, and that was so cute. But it was, so cold. I mean, not even that cold, but the problem was the wind. It was so windy. We were literally freezing. And I knew there was this place that opened like last year, I guess. And I had never been, but I've heard it was good, called Bruschetteria, which is like sort of a made up name, a place where you eat bruschettas and also some other dishes. And it was so cold. And we were like, whatever, let's just go in here and warm up and eat something. And that's where we went to the Bruschetteria da Sera Eremino at San Gusme. And wow, I'm so glad we did, because now it's my favorite, you know, quick lunch or quick aperitivo or whatever, your little snack during the day ever.
0: Well, unfortunately, that's where I have to break in. And Vera and I had to go our separate ways. I had a Christmas concert to go to with Alessandro, and Vera had to go and meet with a student. All right, so where we left off was we were just having this wonderful lunch in the tiny little Tuscan village of San Gusme. So after our fantastic lunch, Alessandro and I went back to our Airbnb. Alessandro took a nap, then we got cleaned up later on and Vera and Luca had invited us over for dinner. So we went over to their house for dinner and I can tell you that they are in a really, really fabulous location. They're in this new villa, which is a beautiful stone villa, and everything is completely new and renovated, and even though we got there after dark, I can tell that the view, because we could see even the lights off in the distance in the hills, just gorgeous, and Veda thinks that it's not quite as wonderful as a view. That's her other place. And while that might be true, the entire area was just gorgeous. So we go in and we have an aperitivo before dinner. We're drinking some Prosecco that we brought and Luca opens up some red wine, and we're drinking red wine from the area. We're having some cheese and some bread and some local olive oil, and we're just having this fantastic sort of aperitivo. We're listening to music, we're talking, and then Vera started cooking. She made this fabulous risotto dish, which is a red risotto. One of the most wonderful things about the menu was the dessert, and Vera had remembered somehow that I loved this one particular dessert, this Italian dessert, which is called panna Any of you who have ever had it, you know how wonderful it is. It's this very, very light sort of almost jello pudding. It's white, it's made out of milk and vanilla And it's just light and wonderful, and you either put, usually, strawberries or a mixed berry like fruto de bosco, which means fruits of the forest, so just different berries mixed together. In this case, we had brought Vera some Swiss chocolate, because we knew how much she loves chocolate, so we brought her some Swiss chocolate. She melted some of that chocolate down and poured that chocolate over the panacolta. It was divine and we just had the most wonderful time. We just talked and laughed and drank wine and visited until very late in the evening. Finally, Alessandro and I, probably around, I don't know, midnight or so, we got in the car, we drove back, and we just slept like rocks again. Then the next day, so the next day we decided we were going to go to the castle. So while Luca was doing his thing at the church in the morning, Vera and Alessandro and I all went to the castle. So then Joni and Anthony arrived and we met them up at the castle. And it was the first time we'd ever met. And so that was so wonderful. And we just hit it off right away. So Vera and Joni and Anthony and Alessandro and I had this fantastic private tour of the castle and the grounds from Vera which was very, very special. And not only did we get to see the gardens and the the exquisite views, those views from that castle that the Baron had mentioned were the same views that were there from like the 14 and 1500s during the Renaissance period, but we got to see some private collections and some private rooms and to see inside the chapel. And it was just incredible. Now, earlier in in the episode, I had mentioned that I did something really, really horrible. And I'm going to tell you what that is now. So we were inside the chapel. And I shouldn't even admit this, but I'm going to anyway, because I'm looking at something on my desk that I, I feel a little guilty about. <laughs> so we were inside the chapel of the castle, and it was just exquisite. You know how those Italian churches and chapels and cathedral, you walk in, and the detail on every surface the floor the walls the ceiling the beams everything is covered in design and paintings and mosaic work and it's just absolutely decked out nobody does churches better than the italians Vetta was talking to us about the old mosaics that were the original mosaics and she was like if you look really closely you can see that some of the mosaics are gold leafed and they're just beautiful so Vetta and joni were talking about something and I walked over to the wall and there was this sort of area that was under construction. I could see that someone was doing some repair work to some of the mosaics. And I walked over and I I just put my hand on the mosaic to just feel the texture of it, kind of where close to where they were doing some restoration work. And where I touched the mosaic, it just started to crumble away. And I tried to catch it as it was crumbling, and I caught like a little handful of some of the mosaic before it all, you know, hit the ground. And then I'm looking down in my hand, and I'm holding these little intricate, tiny pieces of mosaic that are over 500 years old. And some of them have gold on them. And I was just like, "Oh my gosh! I I don't even think I don't even think we're supposed to be in here. And here I am holding some of these pieces. We didn't tell anybody." And I might have one tiny, teeny tiny little square of mosaic from that wall that they're repairing. And it might have gold on it. I'm not going to confirm or deny (laughs) anything about that. Um, Anyway, I don't recommend doing that. And it was a complete accident and I was not trying to steal gold from the walls or mosaics from the walls. But um, anyway yeah we tried to just pretend like that didn't happen then we decided we got hungry and luca was done with his role at the church so he came and joined us and while anthony and Joni and i were getting kind of a little wine tasting doing the american thing that you know americans do that we like to go wine tasting because that's kind of something we invented i guess alessandro and Luca decided to go back across the street and do the very italian thing which was to have uh, some more cafe and so they were visiting out at the, at the little cafe across the street while we got served some fabulous wine and olive oil from vera that was quite a lovely experience so we got hungry it was around 1 32 o'clock we decided to go back to that same little restaurant and we had just the most fabulous long lingering lunch we were drinking wine and we were having wild boar and pasta dishes we had eggplant parmigiana we had just so much fabulous good food and vera and luca said they definitely will be coming back so after hours and hours there doing our thing we decided to go back to vera and luca's vera and luca very kindly invited us back to their house for an aperitivo because by this time it was like four or five o'clock in the evening, it was getting dark, and pulled out more wine and we're drinking more wine and hanging out and playing Christmas music. And Joni had brought some wonderful gifts from the United States for everyone. And so we opened gifts and we, we just had such a lovely time and Joni had given us, one of us, a game. And so we started playing the game that she gave us at some point, Veda like, put a bag of marshmallows in front of me and she's like, look what I still have. So the next thing I know, Veta and I are up in the kitchen and I'm like, let's make some Rice Krispie Treats. So we made Rice Krispie Treats and it was just basically hours and hours and hours of laughing, eating, playing games and just having the best time ever. It was basically just a full day of hanging out with Luca, Joni, Anthony, and Alessandro and I, just six of us, and it was just fabulous. We were only there for Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. It felt like we were there for much longer, and I have to say, Tuscany is truly beautiful. And I want to thank Vera very much for taking the time. She took off those three days and was just the most wonderful host, her and Luca. They were such fabulous hosts to us. They helped to make our time there extremely special. So, thank you Vera. Now, I want to share some surrounding sounds from our time in Tuscany with you. The first sound I want to share with you is the morning having coffee at Salvatore's bar where we had what I believe was the best cappuccino I've ever had in my life. And it is Luca approved, so Luca agrees that this is the best cappuccino you can possibly have. The next sound I have is that first night on Friday night where Luca and Vera and Alessandro and I had dinner. So I've got some sounds from that. The next sound I have is all of us having lunch. Joni, Anthony, Luca, Vera, Alessandro and I having lunch the second day in a row in San Guzmé at that little brusqueteria. And if you listen, you'll hear at some point Vera, I believe, is the one who says, oh, we should have been recording. And I think I said something like, well, what makes you think I wasn't? (laughs) So you can listen to that. And then I had mentioned also that it was really, really windy. And it was really cold and it was kind of hailing early in the morning. It was really, really windy when we were driving around with Vera and Luca on that first day. And we went down one of those gravel roads that was lined in those just iconic Italian cypress trees. And so I have the sound of the wind in the cypress trees. And it's a very, very specific sound because that row of cypress trees blocks the wind and it makes this, this sound as two rows on each side of the road are sort of encountering the wind and they're they're swaying back and forth. The sound of the wind blowing through those cypress branches. It's a very specific sound, so I'm gonna share that with you. And then finally, the sound of the bells in that little Italian city, San Gusme, where we had two of those wonderful lunches. So enjoy these surrounding sounds, and I'll be back afterwards to say our final goodbye for the year. No. No. no, That's not it. Mm. You have to take one. Time I know. piece of music. Just lick it. <laughs> <laughs> Some of it has to go inside you so you can have a bit luck. Okay. This is part of the tradition. Look <laughs>
1: okay.
0: Luca. It's part of the tradition.
1: Just lick it. It doesn't. It does have to go
0: inside a little bit. Well,
1: not all. But <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas, everyone. <laughs> You're making it up. It's this is hard. part of I the I can tradition. understand she the why
0: pass. she it. you are ruining
1: our tradition. No, I understand why you don't want, I want to lick it. Manja. No, 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 not lick it, manja. No, I understand It's You not can take it. I can lick it. I cannot no. bite well, it. You can
0: pick it. <laughs> and it needs to be a good, long, <laughs> seductive lick. <look. laughs> No, vero,
1: mangio.
0: No, no, non mangi. Madonna mia. Wow. Non mi piace. È wow! Brava. brava. No, non brava, cattiva. Tu, um, re- hai rovinato re- la torta mia, mia. No, io me la e di no. eh, che pensavo una Eh, si il tavolo. It's fantastic. so you have cinnamon in it? you have. You have... Mm-hmm
1: ginger and and you can not put salt (laughs) on it No. Dessert. No. Desert. Yeah, Are you sure you want dessert? Antonio, dessert? No, for no, me. T- but want to no, no. No. we're gonna have. We're gonna have a
0: little bit. We're gonna have a bit of. No, coffee oh. would
1: oh. 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 be great. <laughs> a cafe.
0: Sorry, but did you say <so, laughs> sambuca, Antonio? Yeah, I said sambuca. Do you have
1: sambuca? With or apart? Do you want it in the coffee? Yeah, in the cup. Okay. Yeah. Correcto. 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 Macchiato? Io? Io anche io
0: eh, prendo un caffè, certo,
1: certo, certo. C- C- C-
0: certo. Anche un macchiato, caffè C- 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 macchiato. Sì. adesso
1: quattro caffè macchiati. Sì. Uno è sans- F- ah
0: no, uno corretto, sì, corretto. uno freddo, uno S- si. caldo. Si, sì. sì, sì, <ride> sì, sì, si. C- allora, tanti cal- sì. guai
1: li porto il bricioli. caldo o macchiato? per me se possibile caffè doppio? No macchiato. sì sono sì okay. I è okay. okay. macchiato. caldo. sì. io la cavo. cavo cima macchiato. macchiato con il caffè. Okay, due italiani. due italiani. due italiani. due italiani. do italiani. due 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 italiani. it. I love it. <laughs> This is a great little car. This is cute. He's in, he's I
0: love it. it. Well, did you get a sense of what it was like to be in Tuscany with Veda and Luca? I hope those surrounding sounds sort of transported you to Tuscany with us. Veda and Luca, thank you again, both of you, for being such fabulous hosts and for sharing your beautiful region with us. I will never think about Tuscany The same way again and there's a special place in my heart in Tuscany now and I know that's just the first of many many visits that we will be making and and memories that we will be making in Tuscany to all of you listening on behalf of Vera and myself I would like to thank you so much for sharing your stories with us this season and this year it's amazing that it's been three years We've had six seasons, two seasons per year, and now we're finishing our sixth season together. Whether you are Jewish or Muslim or agnostic, whatever you are, however you celebrate, I want to wish you a very, very Merry Christmas, Bon Natale, Happy Hanukkah, and I just want to wish you the most wonderful, joyful holiday season and the happiest new year. This new year is going to hold wonderful things for all of us. So wherever you are listening to the sound of my voice today, I hope you are healthy and well. And I look forward to being back here with you next year for a brand new episode. So until then, take care. God bless. Ciao, ciao, ciao.